Welcome to Inspiring Leaders, the podcast that shares ideas, perspectives, and best practices from great leaders around the world to help you become a more inspired leader. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Inspiring Leaders Podcast. I am your host, Terry Lepovsky from Ubiquity at executivecoaches.ca. It is really good to be back here with everybody. And uh, I want to start off with a quick story. Uh, you know, a bunch of years ago when I was launching Ubiquity Executive Coaching, a little over 10 years ago, I got to admit that I had a pretty steep learning curve. Uh, it seemed to me that there was a lot of stuff to learn and figure out as an entrepreneur, finding the right tools to do things like building websites, um, email hosts, uh, what tools I was going to use for things like accounting, um, tax submissions. I mean, there were just, it was an endless list of things that I needed to learn about. And, uh, you know, when they say an entrepreneur has to wear a lot of hats, I can tell you, uh, you know, even when it got down to things like communication needs, productivity apps, the list went on and on and on and on. And then about five years ago, I made the ridiculous decision to start a podcast and talk about going right back to the ground level and starting all over again, learning about, you know, what kind of microphone to pick up. Uh, how do you actually uh, edit all of that audio and video? Uh, how do you host all of this stuff? I mean, it was a never-ending list of stuff to learn. And I can tell you that I would have given anything to have somebody in my corner who really understood technology. So, you know, a number of years later, here we are, it's 2022. And all of a sudden, we're, you know, actually 2020. We're all thrown into this wild, chaotic world of working from our kitchen tables and doing all this remote work. And I'll tell you, um, here we are again, learning from scratch, trying to figure out what technology we need, what's going to work well, what works together in an ecosystem. And um, my goodness, we really could have used uh, a lot of help back then as well. Well, today at 2022, we're actually back into the same thing again. Here we are, people going back into the office, some still working from home. We're into a hybrid work in some cases. Uh, again, questions all over the place. We need a tech expert. Guys, that's what we've got for you today. We have brought in a fantastic tech expert, and I can't wait to introduce this individual to you um, because this guy's been around. Talk about being there, been there, done there, and got several t-shirts along the way. Um, this guy has been leading and really at the leading and bleeding edge of technology for almost 30 years. He's been a tech expert uh, at nearly every media outlet in North America for as long as I can remember. I've learned from this guy. I know a lot of you have learned from this guy. Um, he has been making on-air recommendations over the years 
And uh, I just think that it's so fantastic that we've got him here with us today. I want to bring him in right now and just talk a little bit about this guy. Uh, Mark Saltzman is our guest today on the Inspiring Leaders podcast. Mark, I want to welcome you to the show. It is so good to have you here with us here today. Thank you so much, Terry, for that very flattering introduction. And I do feel old now that you put it that way. <laughs> They're almost 30 years. Yes. 27 to be exact, but well, then I need to years. learn your secret because for <laughs> as long as I've been seeing you on the TV and learning from all of your experience in technology, it seems to me you haven't aged a day. Oh, God bless you. You're a little bit like uh, Bilbo Baggins in that you just don't <laughs> age. Do you have well, like a secret ring or something? <laughs> from a height perspective, that's probably Probably a fair uh, comparison. <laughs> I'm vertically challenged. You can't tell that on a video uh, chat, but a uh, little Hobbit joke. Uh, no, thank you for saying that. I guess decent lighting. I don't know. <laughs> there's filters in Zoom, which I'm not using, but you, there's a little slider you may not know in the options that it's called the touch up filter just to take, you know, a little oh, bit yeah, of the, the, yeah. the crow's feet off and the bags under the eyes and all that. But thanks for the kind words. I appreciate it. Well, I'll have to 10x that feature. <laughs> I've always looked up to you regardless. But listen, you've been a tech leader now uh, for almost three, is it over three decades now? It's 27 years since I started reviewing uh, video games, actually, 94, uh, just so I can get them for free. It was kind of a bit of a scam, you know, but right. I did find a, a, a place that was willing to publish my articles uh, just so I can get them, you know, these $70 games uh, pro bono from companies. Uh, and then uh, 96 or 25, uh, almost 26 years ago uh, this summer, uh, I started full time uh, as a uh, journalist. I quit my day job and I wrote my first book on the internet and games and uh, didn't look back. Yeah, a lot of fun. What was your first book? So it was called Gamers Web Directory. So it actually fused gaming with the internet as uh, as uh, rudimentary as it was back then. You know, it was pretty crude. The, the things you could do online as a gamer in 96. Uh, I, you know, that was my first book. And then I've written 15 others. The last one was Apple Watch for Dummies which yeah. uh, has, I've written five editions of that because, you know, it keeps changing every year, all the new yeah. features and the new hardware as well. Uh, so I, um, I the, the latest edition came out a couple of months ago. Yeah, so a lot of fun. Books aren't, you know, it's not my, when it when in the tech space, things evolve so rapidly that don't expect to, to get rich off of writing books. You know, you want, <laughs> you, sometimes you hit here and there. I think my most successful books, uh, Terry, were, on game design. I wrote for those who were looking to get into the video game industry. And I, I interviewed all the world's sort of greatest game designers. I can't write a line of code to save my life, but I was fortunate enough to have connections to the heads of, you know, Sony and Activision and Electronic Arts and, and uh, Nintendo and so on. So that was my most successful book uh, called uh, Game Design Secrets of the Sages. Wow. Talk about seeing the future. I mean, you look at what's happened with uh, online gaming now and it's it's overtaken Hollywood. I mean, it is yep. just become this behemoth that uh, continues to dominate on online uh, yeah. technology trends and influencing hardware and software and um, architecture. It's really something I have to say, though, you really have inspired me. And I know that you've inspired uh, many, many other people. Uh, you know, I was talking to my father a, a couple of weeks ago and I said, you'll never guess who I'm having on the show. And he says, who? And I said, Mark Saltzman. He goes, you're kidding me. Like oh, you've so inspired nice. so many people over the years. I'm curious to find out, Mark, who has inspired you? Uh, thank you again. So nice of you. Um, well, I'm inspired by other fellow content creators, entrepreneurs who seemingly do it on their own 
so smoothly. You know, I'm, I'm blown away at some of my peers and, you know, I'm not going to name names, but there are other, obviously not just in the tech space, but anybody that um, can really balance content creation with business development and running a business at the same time. That's to me, truly inspiring. It's not easy. I know a lot of your, your viewers and your listeners uh, work for, you know, enterprise or maybe an SMB or something like that, but I'm sure there's a, a, a chunk of them who are, they are on their own or they want to be on their own. Maybe they've got a side hustle that they hope will be their full-time thing. So yeah, I'm always in awe of how someone can do, you know, create content, promote that content. They're their own publicist, they're, they're their own agent. They straddle uh, traditional media with digital and social media uh, and all on their own. They do accounts payable, accounts receivable. So I've tried to do that over the last quarter of the century, <laughs> right? You too, right? And, and as you touched on in your introduction, it can be very overwhelming. And, and when it comes to technology, you don't know where to double down on, right? You don't even understand it, let alone know which solution to go with. It can be pretty overwhelming. It's, and, and it evolves so quickly again. So you're everyone's afraid of, of betting on the wrong horse, so to speak. From a bigger perspective, you know, um, I'm really fascinated by the automotive industry and how they're becoming these uh, tech behemoths, as, as you mentioned. So whether it's these hundred year old companies like General Motors that has some leadership now like Mary Barra. And I love what Steve Carlisle is doing uh, that they're really pivoting and they're, they're doubling down on electrification and automation, whether it's again, taking this huge, you know, multi-billion dollar company and turning it around. That's been um, pretty traditional in its evolution and growth. Uh, or you look at someone like Elon Musk, it's hard not to be inspired by Elon with everything he's got his hand in, whether it's, you know, Tesla or SpaceX in delivering uh, cargo and humans to space, uh, whether it's Neuralink, this uh, you know brain interface, oh, uh, yeah. man to machine wow. connections, it's it's mind blowing. Uh, whether it's um, the Hyperloop underground high speed tunnels for transporting people and goods, uh, you know um, he's got his hands in so many pies. It's really I'm really inspired by him and how he's helping to change the world you know, less reliance on uh, natural, uh, you know, better, uh, less, less natural resources and, and uh, lower emissions and, and pushing us into space. You know, it takes someone like him, who's, who's yeah. a wild card, right? You know, you don't see a guy opening up the giga plant in Germany dancing. You don't see a CEO usually <laughs> doing that, right? Um, but I'm, I'm inspired by him and his vision as well. Yeah, yeah, the the rebels that are uh, pushing the limits a little bit. Yeah, uh, you know, smoking I, dope I, on podcasts. I mean, it's just, he breaks the mold. It yeah. works for him. You know, he's got his haters, yeah. of course. Uh, yeah, uh, and he gets shunned by the White House all the time. Uh, yeah. But uh, you know, I just I love what he's doing, and I'm inspired by him. You know, as uh, as a tech uh, entrepreneur on steroids, it's amazing. Yeah, you got it. You have to admire somebody for their guts when they name one of their companies the boring company. The boring company, <laughs> right? Yeah. So just and they were way ahead of the game, like with SpaceX and everything like that. They've been delivering cargo to the ISS for a long time. Like they're just and then now Mars. I mean, and and on top of it all, he's one of the richest, if not the richest, man on the planet by doing yeah. what seemingly he loves to do. And he's just such a genius, you know. And he's on the spectrum as well. So I think he's inspiring for other reasons. Yeah. Um, the, so yeah, yeah. So someone like him, uh, for sure, Elon Musk is inspiring to me, but obviously yeah. in an indirect way. <laughs> yeah. You know, as I mentioned, uh, I've been watching you, um, on, you know, explaining technology and helping all of us make sense of all of this crazy stuff. That's, uh, that really could be really difficult for us to understand. I've seen you on uh, CTV. I know you've been on CNN. You've been, mm -hmm. I think you've written in the Wall Street Journal. You've been, you've been all over the place. 
I mean, really, you've been one of, I think, North America's leading technology experts now for quite a long time. So it's really good to have you here to talk about these tech trends. And sure. I think um, we've all been through a lot of disruption in the last few years, and there's probably a lot more ahead of us. Um, so that's why I wanted you to join us to help us make some sense of the technology that we're facing now um, and what we can hope to see in the months and years ahead. So um, what have been, you know, in your mind, what have been some of the bigger trends that um, have been going on and that will continue to impact us? And what can we look forward to in the months and years to come, Mark? All right, sure. So first of all, yeah, since the start of the pandemic, the we started to embrace computers again. Um, but before that, the you know the use of computers was on the decline, and smartphones were on the rise. And smartphones yeah. haven't gone away; they are augmenting what we can do on a larger display. Uh, yeah. But because of the pandemic, it did you know push more you know, uh, laptops and, and desktops again, but definitely the biggest thing to happen over the last decade is, is smartphones and the whole app ecosystem and the infrastructure like 5g. I, I yeah. think this is, you know, the smartphone is the most important tool, uh, tech tool in our arsenal for work or play. Um, yeah. it's something that nine out of 10 people in this uh, country own. And if you're, um, under 50, then it's almost 10 out of 10. So you don't see that kind of, you know, market, uh, penetration compared to other tech, like t televisions and, you know, um, whatever other, other like tablets and things like that. The smartphone is the most yeah. important. It's your lifeline to those who matter and information and all that. So that's going to continue to play an important role, uh, for the time being, it's going to keep maturing. I mean, it looks yeah. like. We're almost hitting market saturation. We're not seeing a lot of growth, but but people are updating uh, or um, you know upgrading their their devices. Um, so we're going to see that, and then five G, six G, the infrastructure is going to mature. So much faster speeds, lower latency, uh, you know that kind of thing. Um, I think we're going to start seeing more wearable devices play a role and offset some of the things that we rely on for for our phones. So you know things like augmented reality glasses, because you're wearing them, you don't have to hold it. It's even more convenient. Yeah. Um, so and even you know having a watch. This is my wallet. Basically, it's my wallet that I, you know, I don't, I don't have to leave the house with money anymore. I could just tap my watch when I want to buy something at retail um, and so many other features. But yeah, I think we're going to start. Um, it's kind of, it's funny. So from an evolutionary standpoint, uh, when it comes to computing, we went from like a desktop or, or destination computing where you had to go somewhere to access yeah. information like a desktop right. computer to yeah. carrying your tech, like a laptop to holding your tech as well, like a phone to wearing it. And then after that, it'll be embedded like we won't go there yet but we will see this fusion of man and machine more and more over the decades to come where we're going to have implants that uh, are going to augment what our bodies can do and, and our memories and things like that um i'm sure you know, Mark, that, the, that's a, a really scary, fascinating but... point you know um everything's becoming smaller and smaller and there's got to be a convergence point and i think what you just said yeah, is it's like really a stopgap solution to have your phone like well if you can access that without holding anything yeah. yeah yeah if you i mean uh somebody wearing a little earring and that becomes their earbud and uh mm -hmm. you know but i i do think that um i'm seeing a lot of tech companies that are um focusing more on healthcare, and what yeah, you're talking about choice. is that intersection between healthcare and technology um it makes a lot of sense from a strategic point of view for companies to be focusing that way technology companies yeah, for sure. Oh, health tech is huge. Fintech. I mean, tech has is changing every industry 
from yeah. education to logistics. To, I mean, it's overhauling everything and we're just scratching the surface. And I think we're going to move more into it, it all as a service, E-A-A-S, like everything as a service <laughs> and have it in the cloud, um, <laughs> you know, again, with things like faster um, cellular connectivity and all that. It's, it's really just going to be ubiquitous uh, with the whole Internet of Things or IoT trend. Every little device is going to be on the grid, so to speak. Um, and uh, we're going to continue to see this fusion between the physical and the virtual, you know, the metaverse, as we've yeah. heard it, um, you know, this, 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 this fusion of what is really around us and, and as well as digital information layered on top or being in a VR sort of headset. And it seems so realistic. I don't know if you've seen, Terry, any of these virtual humans that are being developed. And I don't mean robotics. I mean software where you're it's coupling AI uh, with uh, incredible visuals that you really will do a double take. You will think that they are real. So there's broadcasts in China, for example, by virtual newscasters. You can Google, yeah. Google that on YouTube where they, you, you, they do look very real um, and getting and evolving so rapidly. They're getting really their Epic uh, is doing some amazing stuff with digital humans. Um, so we're going to see that and, you know, holograms and avatars um, kind of like, you know, the book and movie ready player one, we are going to evolve into that. And, and I think from a work perspective as well, if you could sit in a boardroom uh, in, in real life, IRL, as the kids say, uh, but you look beside you, you know, wearing your augmented reality glasses and there is a fully realistic uh, avatar of a colleague of yours who may be at home donning an HMD, a head mounted display, um, you know, that this is kind of where we're going with this hybrid work uh, environment, you know, really sort of bridging the gap between the real and the and the, the digital, the digital and the physical, um, you know, shopping, you know, again, you could be virtually walking through a mall, even though you're in the comfort of your home and grabbing items and it's being added to your shopping list, you know, where a drone will be delivering it to you in 30 minutes or less, uh, or an autonomous vehicle, um, you know, and it, it sounds like science fiction, but it really is a matter of, of when, not if. So... Yeah, really exciting. You know, yeah, you, you touched on a couple of things that I think um, uh, one of the things that I'm noticing is that people tend to either get really anxious about where technology is going, you know, thinking about, uh, will artificial intelligence start taking all of our jobs? Um, they start looking at things like deep fakes of Tom Cruise or, yeah. or uh, you know, the Ukrainian uh, leader, and they're mm -hmm. going, wait a minute, what's really going on? Yeah. What can I trust out there? But yeah, at the same time, we're seeing, um, like I talk to a lot of leaders every day, uh, organizational leaders who have said, you know, over the last two years, it's really hit us like a brick between the eyebrows that we don't need to be on planes all the time. Mm -hmm. We can really take advantage yeah. of a lot of technology to connect with people around the world with all without all of that downtime. Yeah, like anything, Terry, pros and cons. I've been an yeah. advocate for you know, working from home uh, since I've been doing it for 27, 28 years um, because there are clear benefits to the employee. You know, they have a better work-life balance. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, they can, uh, you know, and it's more like work is like what you do, not where you are kind of thing. And, and uh, as long as you're hitting your milestones and all that, um, and as long as you're secure, because obviously a home environment may not be as cyber secure as a formal office environment. So there's clear benefits to the employee. There's benefits to the employer. You can hire the best person for the job, even if they're not physically in the same city as where you are. You're paying less for commercial real estate and, and, and equipment, um, you know, and uh, you can often get away with paying uh, a little bit less as uh, incentive for someone to work from home. The employer can say, well, 
this is what I would typically pay if you came to the office every day. But how about this? If, you, if I let you work from home, it's a win-win, in, in other words. And it's a win for the environment, right? It's better on, you know, Mother Earth because there's fewer vehicles on the road. It's better for those who do have to commute or do have to drive to go to work because they can't do their job virtually, like at a restaurant yeah. or what have you, even though there are ghost kitchens and all that. We, I don't know if we're going to get into that today, uh, but um, it's better for those who do have to drive because it's less congestion overall. So we are going to see as the dust settles and we come out of this pandemic, uh, we will st- see a lot more of a hybrid work environment. And there are yeah. downsides. And you touched on deep fakes. Look, tech is not perfect, right? A 3D printer uh, is a wonderful invention because you can literally 3D print a custom prosthetic to help uh, a, a little boy run and kick a ball on a soccer field. But that same machine can create a 3D printed gun. You know, so yeah. you can't blame the technology, right? It's it's the people behind it that are going to determine whether it's uh, used for good or or evil, if you will, to sound, yeah. at the risk yeah. of sounding dramatic. And you brought up a good point about AI. So there is a lot of concern. I do think the this near future, in fact, we're going to see a lot more automation, whether that's artificial intelligence, things yeah. like chat bots, and and uh, you know, off offloading some of the human jobs onto machine machine learning and all that, as well as autonomous vehicles and robotics as well, which I'm fascinated about. One of the, my favorite speeches that I give keynote talks is about robots and where we're going, but oh, it does. Cool beg the question, well, what about us? What about humans? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, like anything, like when the car came out, you know, it, it risked all the people whose job was, you know, horse and carriage kind of thing. It, it, we will evolve, but we're, it's going to, it's going to create more jobs than takeaways, the bottom line. I remember quoting, I think it was, she was the head of uh, IBM's Watson department, you know, for AI, you know, the place uh, yeah, yeah. chess and all that. Right. And she had said for every job, and I've heard this more than once, uh, for every job that AI replaces or automation replaces, it creates on average four to five net new jobs. They're just different jobs, right? So yeah. if a robot is flipping your burger at a fast food restaurant, then there's still going to be humans that are going to be maintaining those robots and servicing them and coding them and, uh, and the like, um, and managing everything and, and, and the money around it. Uh, same with um, chat bots. You know, if you are going online and you're interacting with someone you think is a human, but it's not, and that's getting a lot more realistic and accurate. Um, but uh, there's still, it still gets kicked to a human when it can't figure out what you want to do. But there's, there's still going to be, you know, again, autonomous vehicles. Yeah, truck drivers should be scared. Not just yet, but um, you know, between delivery drones and autonomous vehicles that can drive down a highway or you know freeway uh, autonomously, you're still going to need people to to service all of those vehicles, build those vehicles with the help of robots. We're also going to build them more efficiently. Uh, so yeah, or working in a warehouse besides a, a robot that can lift something much heavier than you can, and you don't have to risk hurting your back. There's going to still be a role for humans for sure. Yeah, I think it's happening already. I mean, if I look around my house, I've got a vacuum that vacuums all by itself. Sure, yeah. I've got a dishwasher that does the dishes for me. Yeah, uh, You know, there's a bunch of stuff that's going on. I got a robot downstairs that washes my clothes. Yeah, um, that's You know, right. all of this stuff is, is happening. And I think it's the stuff that tends to be a little bit more sensational that we hear about in the news that, mm-hmm. you know, that the, the uh, you're walking into the local retail store and there's nobody checking you out. Now you do it yourself. Yeah. Like uh, the Amazon you know, ghost stores. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, but at the same time, there are technology is also creating a lot of new jobs. I was reading recently that cybersecurity jobs are some of the most in demand highest paid work from home jobs that there are right now. Yeah. This is fantastic. And I think that a lot of people 
uh, recognize that, um, you know, when everything is online, they're going to, that's a target and uh, people can, people can try to take advantage of that from anywhere in the world yeah. from their basement in, uh, uh, you know, Lithuania, no, no, no offense to Lithuanians out there, but uh, just as an example, yeah, so point. we do need yeah. people out there to help out with that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah. There's a lot of fear among business leaders to, uh, you know, when they're embracing new technology, what vulnerabilities is this going to introduce as well? Do I need ransomware insurance? You know, what do I do to protect myself? How do I educate my employees to not fall for a legitimate looking phishing scam? that's inviting in trouble, you know, social engineering as it's called. So it's, it's data breaches, it's hacks. It's, you know, I mean, there, there's with, with the increased reliance on technology, there's increased uh, cyber risk, right. And yeah. what kind of a public relations disaster is that going to be if your company yeah. has a huge breach and all your customers uh, data has been leaked and, you know, it's a mess um, and it's gotten worse since the pandemic. Uh, it's going to be a, always a cat and mouse game, right? You need a, a strong cybersecurity partner unless you've got, you know, a really savvy, you know, CTO, CIO that knows this kind of stuff. Often you would offset, you would outsource that to a trusted partner to keep your data safe. But there's, we're going to, we're, we're figuring it out slowly, but yeah, it's gotten worse and it's going to get worse before it gets better. Now there's more politically motivated attacks as well. You know, oh, there's yeah. monetary motivation, there's, you know, bragging rights. <laughs> but uh, you might need a an ethical hacker, a white hat hacker on your team to help expose your vulnerabilities before you can patch them. Um, I, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit on hybrid work because right now, as we're sitting here, uh, you know, we're recording this in March uh, 2022. A lot of people are right now heading back into the workforce. And yet you've also got a lot of people that are very skeptical of that, a little freaked out about that. Um, some people are going to be working from home, some from the office. Uh, any any uh, opinions or suggestions for tools and uh, software mm -hmm. tricks or anything that people can use in that regard? So for those working from home, um, you know, or wants to, or want to continue working from home, maybe they got their first taste of it uh, two years ago. There's a couple of things that I would recommend just as someone who has been doing this since the beginning. I've never had an office outside of my home. Uh, one is to figure out if you're an integrator or a segregator. Um, some, most people are, they need to segregate themselves from their personal life, you know, and they are more productive in that regard. So if you are fortunate enough to have a home office with a door, then you can sort of close yourself off and, and put on your sort of business hat. Um, however, there are those who are integrators. They actually thrive on the energy around them in a, you know, may not be ergonomically sound to sit at your you know, at a bar stool at a kitchen island, um, it may not be so great on the wear and tear on your body. Uh, but some people thrive on having, you know, kids running around and all that as long as it's not during a video call, of course. Uh, but there's some tools there that can help too. There's some free software tools uh, that um, that can, can mute out audio around you, by the way. Um, so yeah, you just have to figure out how you work best. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, keep your body in mind, because after a couple of years, there is going to be wear and tear. So make sure you've got adequate lighting, that the monitor is positioned properly, um, that you do have an extra, you know, if you're using a laptop, using a trackpad over a long period of time isn't so great for repetitive stress injuries. It's bad enough with a regular mouse, but it is more ergonomically sound to have something to hold on to and move around. Um, don't underestimate the importance of good audio. If you do a lot of things like we're doing right now, a lot of people, they do, I see this on mainstream TV all the time where someone does a lot of interviews, but they still have a lousy audio setup. Make, you know, make sure you invest in a 
$80 microphone. It doesn't take a lot. Uh, yours is probably a lot more. I can see, <laughs> but uh, you don't Actually, have to not break that bad. Not, yeah. not that much. Yeah. It's a uh, USB microphone. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, and you know, the earbuds are getting better, believe it or not, yeah. like AirPods pro and, and beats pro and all that. They obviously there's some convenience there because you don't have to see this or, you know, I'm, I always err on the side of caution with live uh, or recorded interviews that uh, to make sure uh, yeah. Nothing goes wrong with battery life. <laughs> I just want to focus on content. I don't want to have to wrestle with technology. Even a techie can say that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, just you know, just figure out how you like to work. Um, you know, if you're more productive in the morning than at night, or if you're more productive after midnight, find what works for you. So long as that the, the powers that be are okay with it, you yeah. want to be your best self. So you need to do some self analysis first, and then figure out you know what kind of a worker are you you know and for those who are self-employed like myself you know mm -hmm. you you have nobody breathing down your neck but yourself yeah. or your de your deadlines so you know you have to be self obviously self-motivated and yeah, organized super your, organized I, I use outlook for everything <laughs> what's that or your clients yeah your clients well if that doesn't motivate you then you're not going to last very long right right yeah yeah, uh, yeah. yeah you have to obviously uh, perform because there's nobody making sure that you are you know it's up to you yeah. yeah, I use Outlook, I was going to say, for everything. I'm super organized yeah. with, I have every little thing itemized what I need to do. If an article is due Friday, but I need to get a quote, you know, I'll have that in on Wednesday. And I mean, it's not rocket science, but it's just learning how you like to work and what kind of, I use my smart speaker a lot, Terry. I, I love these things like as low as $29, depending on what yeah. time of year you buy them. I have it remind me things all the time. You know, yeah. like, uh, you know, pipe in and say, Mark, don't forget, you've got just because I said it that way, hands free. Like, it's like, a no, it's like automatic now. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Sonny, remind me to do this or that. Yeah, and you know, that exactly. sort of thing. It's, uh, it's it, the, I think the technology that is coming out is really, really helpful. Um, it's a tool. I, it's a tool yeah. in your arsenal. Use it. Yeah, and and you know, um, for the audience that we've got, um, productivity is a really, really big topic for a lot of folks out there. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I'll just chime in from my experience and get your your uh, feedback for this. But I have found that by far and away, the the best tool, the best technology, or the best software that anybody can use to be productive, is the old time tested calendar. The it just seems to be the thing that. I, I mean, I've tried so many different tools out there and I always come back to a good rock solid calendar. Yeah. And Any again, thoughts on that? Yeah. So that's part of my outlook solution is the calendar. Yeah. And I, 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 and you, you mean a digital calendar, right? Not I do. Paper. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So a digital calendar obviously can preemptively or proactively remind you about something. Whereas a paper calendar cannot, you need to look at it. There's no reminders and alarms and things like that. So yeah, no, I, I don't have any color coded system or anything like that. It's just all, you know, chronological throughout the day, what I need to know every half hour or every hour. Um, you know, so yeah, I just, I take advantage of that. Make sure it's synchronized with all your devices. Um, yeah. I'm often hit by inspiration when I'm walking around the block you know, when I take a little mental health break, which is another good work from home tip is yeah. to just get out and clear your head if you can. Um, or I use my watch, or whatever. And then it's all synchronized together. So, I mean, I'm not saying something I think that a lot of your, your viewers are not already doing, but yeah, I would, I would double down on the, the calendar thing <laughs> uh, for those, especially who work uh, for themselves. Yeah. It's, it's really key. You know, I, I got to tell you, one of the things that I've um, found very helpful is not, uh, of course, it's the digital calendar. You're right. You know, leaning on outlook is really important, but I found the non-digital technology also helpful too. Um, do you know uh, uh, David Sparks? He's a uh, kind of a big technology guy down in, uh, I believe he's in San Francisco. Uh, 
Um, it sounds familiar, anyway, but I don't know. I can't. Yeah, Ma- he's known as Max Sparky. I think he does a bunch <laughs> of podcasts and stuff like this. He actually came out with a an analog laminated calendar that's is uh, really well done up. And I uh, picked up one of these, and I think that it's really helpful from seeing the big picture, the year at a glance, mm-hmm. and what projects are going on at different points. And I found that that to be uh, yeah really really helpful. There's also um, ways to bridge the two. Like there's, you know, whiteboards yeah. where you can actually handwrite and it can get digitized or, you yeah. know, at least uh, in some way help you organize it or like, you know, uh, handwriting into text recognition and all that. There's yeah. ways, you know, or Microsoft uh, um, uh, OneNote or Evernote. There's so many different types of um, platforms out there that bridge the gap because yeah. it is true that you do retain information better when you handwrite it. Uh, your brain, it seems to uh, burn it in better than typing it. So if there's a way to to get best of both worlds, I'm all for that. Yeah. I, yeah. I still handwrite things as well, but then I quickly digitize it. Sometimes I have apps that do it too. Or yeah. I, you know, I write a tech tip of the day on social media. I've shown, for example, how to take your phone and, and scan your handwriting, your chicken scratch, and have it digitized and imported into the right place. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one of the, the things that I wrote down when you were speaking, and I, I wanted to remember this and emphasize this, I think this will come in handy for a lot of people listening right now, because we do have a lot of leaders around the world. Uh, the quote was, um, work is what you do, not where you are. <laughs> I think that is so important yeah. to, to remember. And you may not have been the first guy to say it, but you de- definitely true. said it best. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, work culture is another thing. Look, there are some downsides to working from home. You're not, you know, you don't get that sort of team morale that you may have in person and, and, and using teams or another, you know, Slack or whatever is not what I mean. I mean, in person, you know, yeah. brainstorming and working on a, you know, blood, sweat and tears together on a campaign, on a project. There's something to be said for that. Not to mention, you know, the social aspect of, of having, you know, a, a happy hour drinks or whatever. I mean, I think that's all important as well. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm a believer of that, but it depends on what you do. I'm a, technology evangelist, if you will. I yeah. try to uh, preach about the benefits of tech, uh, but as a journalist, as a radio and TV host, I can do it all from anywhere virtually. Yeah. Uh, speeches, I've had to do it you know, via webinars, but uh, that's yeah. starting to come back. The key- onstage keynote speeches, I've got a bunch booked this spring. So yeah, it's, you know, but I, I've, it depends on what you do, of course. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that uh, it is really, really uh, great to have you as a, another fellow Canadian and somebody who really <laughs> leads in the space of helping all of us make sense out of this. Thank you. I uh, just want to acknowledge somebody else who um, in the chat room has um, come out here. Amber Mack, Amber Mack uh, from awesome. Prince Edward Island and uh, another great Canadian tuning in. Great job. She's giving you a little pat on the back. Oh, thank you. She's, she's Uh, awesome. She inspires me. You asked me who inspires me. I said, I wasn't going to name names. Amber Mack is, is awesome. Yeah. She's, uh, she, she's, she really got it. She's got it down. She is such a hard worker. Yeah. You know, it's all about chutzpah. It's all about the grind it's and, and Amber has everything. She's got smarts, you know, she's got charisma. She's got the passion, um, you know, and, um, she's also multimedia, like what I try to aspire to do, you know, radio and video and writing, and she's got her speeches. So she's fantastic. Yeah. What an inspiring, um, uh, woman on, on several levels. Yeah. Amber McCarthy, you know, it's funny over the last 20 years, um, you and Amber, I think are the two people that have really uh, help me the most in sorting through a lot of this oh, stuff. Thank you. So, uh, That's flattering that to be me. in the same uh, same uh, sentence as her. 
on the same <laughs> sphere as her. Yeah, yeah she's and, very inspiring. Yeah, very, very much on a global level. I think the two of you have really um, led the way in helping people make sense out of things, uh, discover new tools, new ways of doing things. And uh, so it really is good. You know, the only regret that I've got is that I can't, uh, I don't have contact info for her. Otherwise, I would have sent her a little thing to join us here. It would have been really I can cool help you. Too. I can help you there. You should have her on a future Inspiring Leaders podcast. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll probably try to tap her on the shoulder some way, <laughs> shape, or form here. But uh, it is um, it really is great to have you here. I'm wondering, yeah, Mark, uh, any any final advice that you'd like to offer people that uh, you know from that tech perspective that yeah. help them out. Thanks, Terry. Yeah. So I'm often asked, you know, as someone who's been in this such a fast paced space for over a quarter of a century, yeah. what, how do I build a brand and maintain it? So just some quick thoughts. Again, this might be more relevant for your viewers and listeners who are uh, looking to either, you know, have a side hustle and then maybe eventually quit their day, day gig or they are doing this full time and they're struggling. Number one is to definitely find your niche. Um, if, unless you want to be a generalist, you want to be a news reporter, great, all the power to you. But I, yeah. I like where you know it's, you specialize in one thing really well, and that could be whatever, hockey, gardening. For me, it's tech. Um, find what you're super passionate about and that you are you know insatiable. You just want to keep reading and learning about it. Second is to is to figure out your approach. Um, are you comfortable in front of a camera? If not, okay, maybe in front of a mic uh, on a microphone, you're better. Or you want to be a journalist and you don't like the sound of your voice or the look of your face. That's fine. Be like, figure out your medium. And if you do, uh, double down on social, which is very smart because you're building a direct audience with, uh, uh, a direct relationship with your audiences. You don't have to be everywhere. Maybe it's TikTok. Maybe it skews a bit older and it's, you know, Facebook or, or LinkedIn or YouTube. Twitter, figure out your platform um, and assess your skill set. Like I'm a techie who I told you my first book was about video games. I, I don't create games, but I was I found another way to get into the industry. I didn't have STEM behind me that I no. think I hope a lot of the students do. Uh, but I found another way to get in and that's interviewing those and then drafting a narrative around other experts. Um, and then finally, yeah, just you, you've got to be hungry. I don't know if you can teach that. I don't know if you can teach chutzpah and drive, um, but don't take no for an answer. You know, if you want work, you have to be very hungry. There's a lot of competition out there. I'll just end off on a funny story. I was, you know, as you mentioned, Canadian, but trying to break into the US. I wasn't mm -hmm. getting anywhere with Yahoo. They were the big players in the 90s, right. if you remember. I wanted yeah. to write for them so bad. Wouldn't return my calls or emails, nothing. Um, so I went on to the web and I ordered a giant cookie and I had it sent, you know, in a pizza box to the editor's desk. And it cost me like, seriously, eight bucks or something. It was in San Francisco. <laughs> and I had my name and phone number in icing on the cookie. And uh, the editor called me that day after not replying to any of my emails or calls for months. And he's like, how can I not hire you? You know, because wow, so, yeah, it's yeah. just it's just a, an example of really just trying to find a way to get in front of the right people. You know, don't yeah. be rude, of course, be professional, but yeah. be persistent. Um, try to straddle that line between, you know, persistence and annoyance uh, yeah. and it'll pay off. The pendulum will swing back. Yes. Being uh, self-employed, being an entrepreneur is a hustle. It's a grind. But yeah. eventually, if you build up your name in a particular space and you become the go to person like Amber is for entrepreneurship and and tech and 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 business savvy and also some social political things that she's getting to now which is awesome whatever it is then you become the go-to person and then you can 
name your, you know, then you can, you know, name your price kind of thing. You can pick and choose the gigs you want. So I'll just leave you with that kind of, you know, from my vantage point, I can't give, you know, a C-suite person advice on running a team and, and corporate morale from an enterprise level. I can talk about what I know, which is yeah. working for your own and building a brand. So I hope that was helpful. You, um, uh, tech advisor, author, public speaker, uh, fantastic human being, always professional, amazing amount of uh, technical expertise. Mark, people are going to want to reach out. They're going to want to, they're going to hear this people all around the world. We're in, I don't know, like uh, 7,000 countries or something like that. I don't think <laughs> Congratulations. That countries, but uh, people are going to want to reach out and they're going to want to connect with you. How can they find you? Sure. So my website is simply marksaltzman.com and that's Mark with a C, uh, Saltzman with a Z or in Canada. Uh, And I'm on social media. Again, I write a tech tip of the day. I link to my articles, to my radio interviews, to video chats that I do. Um, And it's uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook and YouTube. So pick your poison. Uh, I'd love to hear from you what you think. Um, You know, and again, if you you know, my approach to tech is what I call breaking down geek speak into street speak. Uh, so if you think anybody can benefit from that kind of approach to this wild and wonderful and often overwhelming world of uh, technology, then uh, please uh, send to me as well. Absolutely. You know, there's no way that this te- this podcast ever would have happened without listening to people like you and Amber. I really thank do you. appreciate everything. And thank you so much for being on the show with us today, Mark. Uh, I, I really appreciate it. And I know everybody else does as well. Yeah. Thanks thank so you, much, sir. Terry. The p- pleasure was all mine. I really appreciate the invite. It's an honor. Right on. There we are, guys. Uh, Mark Saltzman from uh, MarkSaltzman.com. Uh, absolutely fascinating. I love listening to the advice that uh, that comes just right off the top of his head, like, you know, like he was born to do this kind of stuff. But um, uh, I, I really do appreciate that kind of perspective being brought into this show. You know, so often we're talking about how to get your team engaged or uh, how to inspire people or negotiate or productivity. And it's really great to have somebody come on to talk about that from, you know, the technology perspective. Um, so another great leader a leader in his space, um, a leader in many different ways uh, with some really brilliant advice, helping us all to become better leaders out there. Thank you, everybody, for joining us here today on the show. And I hope that you're going to support us and support this community, not only by hitting those like and subscribe buttons, but by joining us again. Love to have you back. Uh, If you know anybody that you'd like to see on the show, make sure that you reach out to us at info at executivecoaches.ca, info at executivecoaches.ca. Let us know if you know somebody that would be great on the show. We will explore it and we'll dive into it a little bit further. Thank you, everybody, for being part of this today. Uh, You take care. Have yourself a great day. Stay safe and be well.